0: Welcome to Commonwealth Sports Talk. I'm your host, Jojo D, a.k.a. Coach D,
1: a.k.a. Jojo Radio, and Diller is sports. What's going on, everybody? I'm Lamont Thomas, co-host of Commonwealth Sports Talk. I'm here with Jojo D to uh, give you all the best on Virginia sports.
0: Absolutely. However you're reaching out, I'm glad to have your time. This podcast is designed to spread knowledge, teach, and inform listeners about the positive advancement of Virginia athletes, born or raised, and definitely born hand-raised.
1: Today's topic is going to be intermediate youth and high school Mm standouts. Okay. Sounds like a winner.
0: What would be the thought of the day for our new transition here?
1: this new episode. Give me one from you, bro. Oh man. Last week's episode was definitely a Jim. You know, talking to Doobie. Doobie Maxwell. And I think um... I think my thought of the day is just gonna be, your experience is your experience. Which came straight out of the mouth of Doobie, man. You know, that was in reference to him playing overseas, you know, and transitioning and And what it was like for him Mm -hmm. but i think it also applies to everybody's journey as in general and your experience is always going to be your experience it may not have happened the way other uh you know everyone else and um may not happen the way that you know their journey happened but it's your journey and you know you take the best from it and you get the best out
0: of it absolutely absolutely that's a good one there Um, my thought of the day is uh, preparation for the next level. Um, it could be regards to any next level, middle school to high school, high school to collegiate, moving up the ranks in AAU, uh, collegiate to professional. Uh, and that word, which is key there, professional. Being a professional, meaning you're dedicated. Um, in all areas. So if you're going to put time in basketball and be dedicated, then you should be putting time in your school work. You should be putting time in being a good citizen and being there for those around you. So um, just being professional about everything. My thought of the day, um, on the previous show, you know, stand out of your own way. That That's something that Doobie mentioned, too, where, you know, sometimes you got to take the lessons and make the best of it. You possibly could expand your skill set, you know, and, and, and it's great inspiration for the youth facing adversity. So, you know, that's what I took on the last show, that adversity for the youth and everybody's gonna have it and it's what you do I've got a quote on Twitter that says 10% is what happens but 90% is what you do about it.
1: so that's how you determine the outcome for sure for sure it's definitely good stuff mm-hmm. yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and,
0: and introduce my man Tyrone Dennis This guy hails from the 757 out of Yorktown, Virginia. I'm one of the real cats I've been around. I mean, uplifting the youth, building the opportunity to have a community proud. And oh, man, I mean, Commonwealth Sports Talk brings you one of the best here with Tyrone Dennis. So tune in for this interview, man. We've got some good gems coming your way. You're listening to JoJo d and L P on Commonwealth
1: Sports Talk. all the the hoopla all the like negative connotation they get you know that the sport gets you know i kind of want to ask them what it's like to help people grow the love of the game you know what i mean like yep it's still the same as like other sports it's just you know
2: in today's world
1: all the you know groundswell social media and all that stuff like what it's like you know having people develop their own sense you know and their their own feelings towards the game because for a lot of us man you know this is one of the sports that we fell like this was i know for me this was the first sport i ever fell in love with
2: because
1: mm-hmm, you got to play it at five exactly you know, it was, it was the first thing, you know, and it was kind of unique for me because I actually lived in Panama when I was introduced to football. Wow. You know, saying? Yeah. So that's, that's how deep it was is that, you know, when I started playing flag, it was just something that was starting up over there and, and it was real, it was like real on the whim when I learned like, you know, my, I have older sisters and, you know, they were getting into the things that they like to do. You know, it was like one day for real. My mom literally saw something in the paper. I was like, "Yo, you trying to play football?" And I was like, "I mean, I'm, I'm with it. Let's let's do it." They signed me up, man. I got out there, met some friends. You know, you know, like pfft. found out that it was it was something that I I flopped to. You no, know, it was quick. You know, it was something that it put everything together. The hand eye coordination, you know, the speed. It was like it just, it hit me, you know, it hit me all at once, and I was like, yeah, this is something that I, that I became obsessed with, I mean, I mean, everything, the video games, the history, the watching it on TV with my dad, like, all of it, and I just remember it being the first thing that, you know, I was really, like, I was on it hard. Yeah, that's, that's, that's called the love of it there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can't even tell you how many countless times at the age of five and six that I was able to talk football with you about every position and what it took to play. Like, you just was a sponge at that age and taking it all in. So that's when kids get that love and passion for it at that age, the five, six, seven-year-old age. They just my opinion gotta change it up to flag and allow eight to be tackled but that's just me talking and I, I can't change everybody's concept. Some cats have already at five to play tackle as as yeah, as it seems. So, you know, I guess having both would be ideally the best scenario. And um you know that that should be that should be the route everybody should probably take is to have both options available. Flag 5 through 8 and then tackle team 5 through 8 or whatever.
1: Yeah. Some people, you know, when you got people like like Ty that run run the organizations like he does so, you know, so fundamental and, you know, you got 7 on 7 and you know, stuff for the skill position, stuff to break them in and get techniques down. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff is key. Mm-hmm. You know, to being ready, mm-hmm. being ready for you know that that tackle level. Yep,
0: yep. Tutorial. He is putting on a clinic, and with the clinics, they've been produced. You know, so that's that's the credit that he doesn't get to gloating about. He just. Has already laid this foundation down, and it's been, you know, succeeding.
1: D- done a little research, mm-hmm. you know, checked out the programs he's got going on. Some pretty good stuff, man. Yeah, they do a great job. That back up
0: to. I mean, I I, don't, I know it doesn't say it in that area, but it's a poverty area. Yeah outreaches back to the community to have those boys have something to do, to learn how to be to have all mentor figures around. It's clutch. Yes. It's, it's a term I like to use as essential, you know, like it's very important to realize how a strong black man is essential in this community. And he does an excellent job holding the ship. And now, you know, he's a high school football coach. as a DB coach now. So he gets, like, the whole intermediate and high school viewpoint. And that's what the show is about. It's intermediate youth and in high school standoffs. Like, he's yeah. going to have his hands on the mat. What it takes to have the kid on a succession plan to do the best he can be, to be the best he can be, and not necessarily be a person one athlete. Because not everybody's built to be a division one athlete. But you're going to be the best one um, You know, I, I saw you from afar with this coming back to the, you know, to Yorktown area and um, putting it in with football. I'm, but I'm, I'm just really curious to know what inspired you to rebuild a football program in the area. And well, how'd you go I about mean- doing
2: it? First, I was asked to coach, just to be an assistant coach. I didn't plan on doing anything else, honestly. Um, but some things happened. Ended up being the head coach, you know, my first year. Um, and just seeing some things, you know, just seeing a lot, man, that was that could be better. um, But, um, but yeah, I mean, the love and the, the, the passion, man, just grew that first year, man. And then me going, I think we went two and eight. You know what I'm saying? So that kinda fueled me to be better, man. I was just watching other coaches from afar, yeah, man. So I was I uh, had to be better. I had to have a better team. I had to have a better program. So I, I
0: just started working and grinding at it. That pride yeah. kicked in where you wanted your boys to Definitely. be represented well. Yeah, and I mean for those for those who don't know, you know, you're you're from that area. So it's only right that you're giving back to that community and that's an amazing thing that a lot of people don't get the opportunity yeah, I mean, that was, and that was or the platform so. just
2: to give back to the community and, you, know, I try to, you know I try to preach that all the time man to kids coaches whomever man it's just giving back because we giving back to the community man hopefully one of the other kids or a few kids will see that and then eventually they'll end up coming back and doing the same thing yeah yeah make it a contagious thing
1: absolutely absolutely yeah yeah Todd man going on that you know getting your identity you know for your program when you first got in there I kind of wanted to ask you how pivotal it is to have when you have your posts on the on developing the youth how pivotal is it to have you know organizations such as like the Boys and Girls Club and the YMCA's you know, in your community, how how pivotal is that? You know, in developing youth, you know, as far as sports is concerned.
2: Um, I think it just brings an extra, you know, aspect to it because you know, with us, you know, we didn't have the Boys and Girls Club at first, you know, but actually when right. they brought it to the area, you know, a lot more kids started going there, well, having somewhere to go besides the football field. So it definitely is a positive, you know, influence on those. You know, youngins that can't get to the football field or don't have the means to play football, or just don't like to play football. But um, being around others, positive role models—you know, people that run the boys and girls club—and then being around their friends and seeing them play football just absolutely I mean, makes them come out there and want to play football as well. So it, it, it's right. It's like a unity. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and that's and that's one thing we're trying to do a lot more too is just be more involved with the Boys and Girls Club. I mean, the person that was running it before is no longer there, so I, as a new person, so we definitely got to get I got to get my foot in the door with a you know, new person and, and to tie everything together. But it's definitely a positive uh, influence on on the, on the community.
0: Absolutely, man. I think I think the community work is the most important piece of this whole equation. Um, but, you know, there's so many other elements to it where you can't just go into a project like this and say, hey, I want to make the community better. It takes a whole different type of approach, as you just said, going from assistant coach to head coach, now having pride in the program, uh, wanting to make it better and knowing how to make it better with, you know, the observation and, and just being a student of the game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know... That's clutch there, bro. It's
2: a community thing. I think all you sports should be community first. You know, it should be the people. But, you know, this day and age, you know, everybody isn't about that, you know. So everybody don't want to put their time and effort into something that, you know, they're, you know, so... Yeah, yeah. that's it right there.
0: You know, let, let me ask you a question. Coming up in this era... Robberies are pretty much dead now, man. I I mean, I get it. They can have some type of effect in a school spirit week, um, wanting to beat them. Maybe it's your neighborhood and you play. What what would be a good substitute for robberies these days with the youth kids? How to get them ramped up? What is a motivating factor that you preach? to allow those kids to get to their top level of performance, you know what I'm saying? What What is your uh, I, I angle? I wouldn't
2: say it's dead. Um, I mean, there's certain teams that you play that kids are gonna get hyped up regardless, just because, I mean, nowadays everybody knows everybody, like all the kids know each other. So I guess you can say from that point of view, the rivalry might be dead, but just to go in and compete, you know, against somebody that you know, I think that's what I usually try and do, you know, because I know the kids. Like, we get kids from different cities—Newport News, Yorktown, Winsburg, Gloucester, Hampton—and they know other kids from other teams. So, you know, I try to preach it from that aspect, you know, Mm -hmm. and just use little motivational things, things that people say on social media, just get them riled up um, and just hyped up about the game. But at the end of the day, it's just you know, go out there and compete.
0: that's the thing is to go out and compete I, and I was thinking about it as you was talking about it the, the flip side of a robbery like what is the reason yeah. of a robbery you know usually you know those people and so you do want to play your best around the people that know you so you know I, I as a coach would say hey then that means every game because your whole fan base knows you but it's a different element or heightened competitive spirit they get when it's somebody on mm-hmm. the other yep. side of the, exactly. you know of the field. So I definitely, definitely smell that. You can feel it. you know, oh. you walk out. It's, it's a great feeling to produ- produce with the kids. but at the end of the day it's not it's not there naturally anymore. It's, it's, you know, you find a skilled and talented kid, and then you try to move ahead and, and put that passion in them. Right. You know that every kid don't naturally come out there with. So, you know, commend the coaches sure. for that. Yeah, I'll um, see what you got. That's for him, a man. good
1: transition, man. Going straight into passion. I wanted to ask you about growing the love for the game of football, man. And um, you know, in today's time with all the, you know, there's negative connotation and a lot of, you know negative rap about football you know when it comes to like the the physicality of it and you know the injuries and you know like even life after football I kind of wanted to ask you how do you grow the love for the game you know on that level because you know with other sports a lot of times it's, it's almost it seems like it's a fit a plug a no-brainer you know for people right. when once they start playing the sport but with football you know how how is growing the love for the game working for you on on that level
2: you mean from coaching or, or from a, a player or just from the players or from coaching aspect
1: yeah and, and even both because I actually when I talked to Joe about it man like you know football was the first the first sport that I fell in love with you know and just talking about it I don't I don't know if it, it was like you know an an American thing or, or what but like You know, once you get into it, you know, there wasn't as negative, a negative talk about it as it is now. You know, it seems like kids are kind of away from it.
0: I think, I think it was a breeding thing. I think it was a breeding thing. And I hate to say it and using that word. But me and Ty grew up around the same area and environment. And so when I say it's a breeding thing, uh, I Ty, you six. played at five, right? I started right? at
2: six or
0: seven. Okay. Six. Six or seven. So we're in kindergarten and we're introduced to school right. along with being introduced to football. And, you know, that's... That's very essential because in a basketball environment, you usually don't play till you're eight. You know, some kids do get baseball, so baseball and football do have that right. advantage to being able to start at five. So I think that's something that, from our area, it is very dominant um, with the production yeah. of football players.
2: <laughs> no, oh, no, no, so you're I hate to
0: chime you. in yeah. on that one time, but, I mean, uh, <laughs> for me,
2: I mean, for me. <laughs> You know, just growing up, you know what I'm saying, but not having somebody to actually tell me what to do to get to that next level, you know, because I'm growing up and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to the NFL, I'm going to the NFL, that's what I want to do, but not having anyone to teach me or tell me what I needed to actually do to get there. Um. So, you know, growing up, I mean... Yeah everybody played football you know we played outside you played for youth league so you just naturally you just played the game you know um and then going to college you know playing like half of the fall and then just stopping just because i fell out of love with it it was more of a business um but again for me i didn't know Mm -hmm. what i needed to know at the time so now you know when I got into coaching, it was just like a passion for me to actually, you know, try and teach kids and, and, and also educate parents, you know, on a process, on what, what things that they needed to know. And I mean, it just continues to fuel me. Like that's my passion each and every day. Like I'm I'm itching to get back and work work out kids now. I got parents texting me, you know, when a workout's gonna start, you know, but that's my passion uh, yeah that's my passion man that's where it just comes from I just want to educate players, parents man from A to Z you know
1: Yeah. Man. I think it's like
2: you know that's why I coach for real
1: I think it's like passion meets pastime right cause like, like you said football is our pastime you know like You grew up and everybody was, like you said, everybody was playing it, you know, whether it was like the backyard or recreational to, you know, the first organized, there's something about it, that feeling you get, you know, when you're in it and then, you know, you grow up with it. It's like, it's pastime. And then when you meet, when you put passion with it, you know, it just, it just makes it take off.
2: Yep. And then also too, you know, with that, you know, we didn't Mm -hmm. have as many distractions, as they do now so you know a lot yeah. of our generation you know we have passion for a lot of things because we didn't have distractions you know now that's real.
0: yo ty you worded that perfectly man most people say it backwards but you said it forward you spoke for the youth athlete they saying they have distractions which is completely correct
2: yep that's the yeah, correct way to yeah, work. That's that's the I mean that's the day we live in right now, man. It's the world we live in, man, and i so many distractions. And they can easily be distracted, man. So you know they just they either don't fall in love with something because you know it's you know time is everything has to be quick. You know, like you're strolling through social media, Facebook, Instagram. Snapchat, You know, they fall in love for a second and they fall out of love with it, but... Yeah, instant satisfaction. Exactly. Instant
1: gratification.
0: And welcome back to Commonwealth Sports Talk. I'm your host, JoJo Radio, alongside LT here. Uh, we've got that first half of the interview uh, that was really, really... Um, I just don't know how to say it, man. It's always a pleasure when you can get somebody that is humble and wanting to put in work for the youth. Um, So we'll transition over into national news and VA facts before we get you back to the second part of that interview. Um, In regards to national news, uh, the NFL seems to just be on schedule, man. I mean, it's getting to the point where they are just going to go at the beat of their drum. Um, Money's going to run it. Those 30-something billionaire boy club members are going to make sure the schedule continues. Um, You know, small things that show that you know the cam newton situation where he doesn't have a job still all Crazy. the way to you know your national news so you know bring me in on a little tidbit of what you're bringing into national
1: news yeah man In my national news you know sticking with football as the topic you know shield shenanigans if you will you know uh, <laughs> the changes made to the rooney rule um you know they made changes to the rooney rule Uh, Requiring teams to interview at least two external minority candidates for head coaching jobs. Um, At first, it was an incentive. Uh, Joe built into it, saying that they'd get an extra draft pick for uh, appointing a minority candidate as as their head coach. Um, Mm -hmm. It just seems like a, a bad deal all the way around. Um, it seems All like the there's way be resentment in it. It seems like that it's a band-aid for the issue that they have and really just seems like a, you know, disingenuous uh approach to actually solving the issue at hand. So hopefully I don't know, hopefully that they can see that and and definitely make some changes. Um, some real changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. They are under the microscope. Yeah, for sure. And um, kicking off into our Virginia fact, uh, my Virginia fact of the day is going to be none other than uh, a brother who hails from uh, Virginia background, got his football in Virginia roots. Um, It's going to be none other than Mike Tomlin. Um, For those who don't know, Mike Tomlin, the head coach, uh, Super Bowl winning head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, has... uh, played his high school ball at Denby High in Newport News. So shout out 757. Um, he went on to play wide receiver at William and Mary. He got second team all conference honors in 94. Uh, started as a wide receiver's coach at VMI and ended up ultimately making his way to the NFL as as the, you know, the tough coach as we as we see now for the Pittsburgh Steelers, old Mike Tomlin.
0: Yeah, man, that's, that's that's that V.A. jewel right there. Um, it all starts in V.A. sometimes, and, you know, coming out of William & Mary, definitely a guy that knows his knowledge when it comes to that football game, and he sucked it up with Tony Dungy, and he's showing right now who he is and where he's from, so... Shout out to him. My VA fact in regards to uh, Highland Springs finishing for a 4 I I want to give a shout out to the Springers. However, finishing top 50 in the nation is a great feat. But the only Virginia high school football team to ever finish as a national champion was the 1996 and 97 Crabbers off of Shell Road led by Ronald Curry. Yes, I'm talking about your Hampton Crabbers. Hampton. They were national champions back-to-back years, um, sharing with one team from California one year and another from Ohio. So I guess with Tomlin in 94 and the Crabbers in 96 and 97, uh, those 90s are going to be probably one of the better decades and be hard to, to compete with as far as Virginia football.
1: So Great that is an awesome VA fact. Yeah, that yes, is Yeah,
0: awesome fact indeed. Absolutely. So we're not going to hold up too long. We're going to get back to the interview, the second half, with Tyrone Dennis. And uh, tune in to Commonwealth Sports Talk. This is JoJo Radio with LT, man. we just giving the people what they want. Let's go.
2: Let's get it. Yeah. Because,
1: I mean, if you think about it, they actually have it already in every other sport. It comes natural because, you know, you got to teach them the game. And teaching them the game is just a part of that. It's just a part of that foundation. But with with football, it's like a lot of times you kind of see it. People got to catch on as they're ready, you know, as their body's ready. They got to catch on as they're really they gotta kind of let their mind develop into it, too. And parents have to trust it. Yeah, that's true it's easier to do it in other sports because you literally roll out the ball or you roll out the equipment and you're like all right let's get it you know but in this it's it's kind of difficult because you do have to worry about you know their safety a lot it's like chess you know you gotta worry about you gotta worry about their bodies being ready yeah And that's why I was saying from five to eight, some kids' bodies
0: are at the position where they can go and play tackle, although I still wouldn't recommend it. But, you know, the flag is always an option for those who don't feel like they're ready to take that hit yet, but still got a love for the game. That's awesome, man. That's, That's that feeling with how you're young and you're trying to you know find out your route and you end up going toward a football field and you start playing i mean you're gonna have to learn that game that game is not just to pick up a ball and go you're gonna have to play the game in the shape of you know where are you best fit at on the field where's your skill set up you know there's so much to teach in the game of football which is why I can completely understand feeling like, you know, the opportunity that we had back then,
2: no.
0: you wasn't given all the avenues. So back how you're saying it's more like a, um, they're more distracted. Well, yeah, I they can do. say I mean, they, they have more they have avenues, avenues also.
2: also. A ton of avenues, opportunities, you know, but at the same time, a lot of them don't take advantage of it, you know?
0: absolutely absolutely and so I think that that's something that you're in your passion comes from that and so the ability to teach those kids what it takes to be a professional um, that was one of our last episode topics where you know if you're going to buy into it you need to be professional and have a lifestyle set for it and the way I'm seeing it is you're building young men of character
2: That's the absolute goal, man, is just to be great people outside of of football, just in the world in general.
0: Absolutely. So, I'm going to take it into uh, quarterbacking, because you know a thing or two about that. I'm remembering this, uh, Amont, this guy here had a state football appearance. Not too many people can say that. He was... Uh, Ty, Ty, how tall five, are you, man? Eight, five, Go ahead and nine. give your height out. Take- I know you're on. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: That's that's Kyler Murray there, and I'm telling you right now, his instincts, his his ability, his athleticism. Man, that's pound the, for pound that's was real chip on to the on your shoulder top. right there. It was max, man, and, and I. If you put a Tyrone Dennis in today's modern times, he makes a show for football at the quarterback position because, you know, it is about the opportunities. Back when we yeah, were growing up, quarterback had to be six yeah, three at, at least. At least
2: six three.
0: They weren't trying to hear that. And so when we transition into that. How do you feel about the Russell Wilsons, the Kyler Murrays? the And let me even stay in the state, man. We've got the Michael Vicks, the Tyrod Taylors. You know, those guys are under 6'2", 6'1", and they're still getting to the pinnacle of their career or their craft. And, you know, they're defying I mean, all me, types you know, of odds. How do, do you feel about it? As
2: an athlete, man, if, if a football player can ball, they going to ball each and every day, man. You just got to give the opportunity, they will go out there and do what they have to do. Um, and I mean, once they get to that pinnacle, that the NFL level or the collegiate level, D1, power five, whatever you want to call it, you know, I think they have to continue to build and not just be satisfied with it, you know? And I think that's where, you know, a lot of them just stop that process. You know, they made it. They don't study as much film. They don't get as many reps practice, They don't take it as serious, you know? And they might do but I just feel like in order to be great, you have to put in that extra work to stay at the top. I mean, because one, you're already short, you know, you can barely (laughs) see over the line, so you're gonna have criticism every time you make a bad throw or you don't read the beat. Yes.
0: Yes, the, the microscope is smaller. Um, from the vision of a coach when it comes to his shorter quarterback everybody's whispering to put that six three six four guy in um, to make the easy read Um, but you just gotta you gotta be really special that's why it's a credit to those who are six two and under at the quarterback position to sustain a career because you've got to be special for to have 53 men believe in you Everybody on the field is monsters compared to you. And you're out there balling because you go out there and do what you've been doing. You know, if you follow the podcast, you've heard me say it throughout all the sports talk. If you do what you do, then the professionalism shows and you come and you get your results every time you step up to the plate. So, you know, I think that if a kid goes to college, it's going back to your answer, the distractions. You know, if I'm the star quarterback, what does, what does that mean? Everybody knows what that means. We talked about it, collegiate, the life. You know, you're getting treated like a rock star. So does that mean you go to the gym every morning at 5 like you used to? Does that mean you skip this lunch that's everybody paying for and, and you, you know, skip your afternoon workout with your receivers, you know, it's it's a whole different process when you get to a college and professional level, you have to do it like it's a job. So, you know, structure has to be defined early in recreation football leading into high school. When, as, hey, Mont, you remember talking about it? So when you have them ready to get to that platform of high school, then they're ready yeah, to show talk, their man. skill and ball and I out. think
1: that the quarterback, that quarterback talk that we were just having is, you know, it's it's even a deeper issue, you know, for us, and you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it, man, like, you know, black quarterbacks have been, they've been mistreated for a long time, and I think that's one of the things that goes into it, because if you look at people like, you know, Drew Brees, He's not really all that tall. You no, know what not. I mean? But he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't get it as often I, I feel like. You know, I feel like it's it's one of those things that, you know, it's just another just another obstacle for us to face. You mean the verbiage that they use when they scout these kids, you know what I'm saying? They're saying, oh, he's you know, he's real athletic, but then they downplay his mind as a quarterback unfairly. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff, man. And it's it's like I think it's a real maturity for a a person to decide that an athlete to decide they're going to play quarterback, knowing that they have the intangibles, knowing that they have the leadership, you know, that they have everything that it takes. All they have to do is go show it. So that man, that's, that's like a a real, it's, I give real kudos, you know, to guys who really take that on. Oh
2: yeah. I mean, they have to, I mean, cause they said, they're under a microscope, so they have to have that mindset, you know, of, of, being unbreakable mm-hmm. in order to, I mean, in order to compete at that highest level. I mean, every single day, you know, they're under a microscope and, you know, I mean the, the leash is real short, you know Drew Brees, long career you know, but Colin Murray I mean, let's say, I mean, he may have three years. If he—if he's not panning out, you know, they're gonna draft somebody else.
1: I mean Easy. That's true. Easy. Leash is going to be shorter, That's man. absolutely true. Always is. Always. Hey, man, why
2: can't we
0: even, know don't know have, a can't right even have a job right now? I don't have
2: a job right now, man. I think, I don't know. I don't know if they're waiting on something. But the fact that some of these other guys have signed one-year contracts or, you know, signed backup jobs with these teams – You know, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's something in his camp. Maybe he wanted to be the starter. Maybe maybe he want more money. Who knows, man? But I mean, I think at the end of the day, once all this stuff is over with, man, he'll have a job. He'll definitely have a job. He'll be starting in the NFL this year for sure. I mean, he... Yeah, I
0: mean, former MVP of the league and Super Bowl appearance, you know, I'm not saying he's giving it the royalty treatment, but he might as well sit out and wait for... team to have a quarterback get injured or something go wrong and he becomes a demand you know there's no need to wait that out as long as he can show that he's physically fit and ready to perform i think he he will land himself a good opportunity
1: yeah he he gonna he gonna gonna bring it too he is gonna bring it too because i (laughs) i thought it was crazy man as you know just watching the whole thing and watching the, the narratives play out that's the part that gets me is watching the narratives come out and all the excuses come out. When I mean, it, it doesn't look like he was given a fair shake in that regard. So I mean, when when it comes time to, I best believe he's gonna bring it.
2: Oh yeah, he definitely, yeah, he, he he definitely upset. So
0: yes, you yes. know, he
2: may end up in New England, man. At the end of the day, I said it a long time ago.
0: <laughs> you know that that. That's the, that's the perfect route because Belichick don't want to pay him more than 13 oh, to 17000000 yeah. million. I'm going to tell you that right now. And on top of that, it's going to come off of the fact that something happens. It's not going to just be a welcoming in thing. And and I only wonder how that works together. Because the Patriots already have probably the best backfield, backfield room in the NFL almost. I mean, their talent at the backfield is is as diverse as it can get. And so when you add a Cam Newton to that, then you don't have to worry about having bad receivers. So if Stidham can't, You know, find this window of of a you know of a a penny that these receivers might create of space. Then you may have to have a Cam Newton that comes in and and softens the defense up and runs that option style aggressive um, approach because the defense and they're stacking
1: up on tight ends too. So it's perfect for a Belichick regime. It's perfect, man. It might be the perfect put up or shut up place for Cam. You know, I'm I just I'm just surprised, man. I'm surprised that you know. The guy comes in, you know, he takes his bruises and bumps like the rest of them. I mean, he has a season where he loses one game on the way to the Super Bowl. Like, that's crazy. That's, that's insane. There's not a lot of quarterbacks have done that. In the,
0: in the same sentence, shout out to the Carolina Panthers for giving Cam a chance. Shout out to the Carolina Panthers again for now giving Teddy Bridgewater a chance. Oh, yeah. And I think we all know the direction I'm going with that. So, you know, it's it's definitely a a bitter, sour sour, uh, situation there. But nonetheless, we're all about the productive uh, opportunities for the quarterbacks on an equal level. Um, So, yeah, Cam hopefully will find a job somewhere sometime soon. So what's up, with the the seven seven, seven. what's up with the seven on uh, seven? Thing yeah, that's, that's
2: my baby, man. It's Flight 377. V Seven. Um, me and my guy Larry Vine, uh started that. This was our second year, right here. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's like AAU basketball or AAU any AAU sport. I mean, it's a travel team. Um, so I mean, we just travel. Okay. And the goal is to travel up and down the East Coast. You know, eventually travel across the nation. You know, California, Las Vegas, Arizona. You know, eventually, um, once we continue to grow. But um, but yeah, man, it's it's an opportunity for kids to get as I mean, get as many reps as they can during the spring, early summer. You know, and that's what we try to preach to them. You know, because it's all about getting those reps. You know, and then when we yeah, go, to that's school, a real good exposure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, sorry. Yeah, I mean, because that, I mean, they're getting, you know, thousands of reps, you know, at that one position that they play quarterback, receiver, defensive back, linebacker. They're getting reps, 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 because all we do is throw the ball. So the defense is getting reps, coverages, they're learning coverages. Um, and then, you know, they're getting coached up because if you can't coach, if a coach can't coach. 7-on-7 is not the thing for a coach that can't coach, so. Right? Yeah, it it definitely shows. Yeah, it definitely shows. shows. I mean, it showed a little in our first year, um, but I thought this year coming back, you know, and then me being at the high school level, learning a lot more faster, um, and then bringing in some other good high school coaches, man, it, it definitely showed, man. So the kids got some good reps, you know, during our practice times. Yeah, before uh, before we actually got shut down with all this pandemic stuff. So. But yeah, uh, 707, man, it's, it's, it's growing. Man, and like I said, it's a great opportunity for kids to get exposure. You know, we go to tournaments. You know, we're doing those tournaments and try to take college visits, put them in front of coaches. You know yeah. what I'm mean? saying?
0: So coaches come to this and they check it out. Because, I mean, technically, you're looking at that quarterback and wide receiver and tight end tandem along with the court pretty much all skill positions yeah it's are on display with seven on with seven is that correct
2: um uh, you have a few linebackers uh you have a few tight ends um some college coaches will come to the tournaments but not many but like say we're going to north carolina for a tournament so we're going to make a stop at wait for it or you know north carolina a t or something like that so that we can, so we can put the kids in front of the coaches. Yeah, you can't pass that eyeball test. You already know, you know, coach gonna yep. inquire about them. Yeah. That's, exactly. Exactly. And that's, and I mean, and that's, that's just giving that's them an opportunity. That's basically why we started, you know, Flight Three Hundred, you know, on the peninsula because I miss mean, so many kids. Um In Virginia, period. But on the peninsula area, man, so many kids that play football, man, that just need that opportunity. Yeah, man. that's a big craft builder too,
1: man. Absolutely, helps you build the craft and give you that figure that you were talking about earlier. Really, somebody to really show you how things should be done, man, because that stuff is technique to the to the fullest, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, like all those reps build you, you know, give gives quarterbacks their footwork their eyes gives the receivers you know their hand work and stacking the dv all that stuff man like that's that's a real craft builder that seven on seven man
2: yeah and that's i mean that's one thing we're trying to you know preach to the parents man it's just that because it it, it can get costly you know tournaments are expensive man one day i hope that tournament prices can go down but tournaments are expensive so of course you know Oh well, I mean, you'd be surprised. Some of them <laughs> oh, they're going down, going down now. To open back up, but um, that's correct. But um, but yeah, just to for kids to build that crap like we crazy. started our 13 uh team this year, and a lot of those kids came from youth programs, but you know, a lot of the quarterbacks didn't have the mechanics to make those throws for seven on seven. Like seven on seven, you have to be able to make the throws. Yep. Uh, you know, you you.
0: <laughs> yes yeah you ain't exactly. just swinging it around you got to, yeah, you got to put it, it, it where it needs what to I go think,
2: man we're, we're growing and it's going to be a great opportunity man for the kids in the area who who participate and hopefully you know we'll continue to grow and continue to build but yeah it's just opportunities tournaments college visits sat preps things like that man Is is, is what we're trying to do
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, man, do me a favor, man. Take me back to your senior year. I want to know how did it feel to go on that run? Like, it's not every day you go deep into a playoff run. Um, I coach basketball in a state title game. However, football is still, I feel like you earn it in football more. Because in basketball, if you're talented more times than none, the talent still prevails. But in football, that talent don't show up one day. They're gonna get smacked. So, how was that journey? Oh, uh, it, it was my senior year, year
2: for state uh, title? Uh, that, yeah, my junior year. Yeah, but um,
0: junior. I'm sorry.
2: It was uh, it, it was a roller coaster, but I definitely knew we had the talent to make it far. Um, our, our, our halfback got injured early in the season, which kind of threw us behind the eight ball a little. Uh, but of course, you know. No, that was uh Brian Smiley.
0: Was that home? Yeah,
2: Smiley. Yeah, that was Brian Smiley. He got injured early, man. Wow. You know, yeah. So came in as a freshman. Kinda of held it down for us a little bit. Um Yeah. Um But yeah, man, but he once he cat- came back, man, all of just started clicking again. And, you know, just trusting the process, man. It just one game at a time, and we just kept building and building up, man. We played Southampton. During the regular season, man, they they smacked us real good, man, that that first game. Um, but at the same time, I knew what we had, you know, the team we had, man. So we kept working, kept building. I mean, we was talented across the board. Uh, but like I said, yeah, but I mean, like I said, once Somali got hurt, you know, we didn't yes, have that were. speed that we needed at the halfback spot. You know, Sherrod was more of a power back. But, um, exactly. hmm
0: Thousand yard running power back. He uh, he expanded his role, which allowed teams to really struggle to kind of game plan for y'all. And so I, I definitely oh, saw yo, definitely. how that all and came to And then to once,
2: once Smiley came back, you know, was him cool. having you know that experience in those, I think maybe two to four games, I mean, it just added depth to the roster, you know, in the backfield. But um, but yeah, I mean, we kind of ran through the season. I think we lost to. We lost to Southampton. I can't remember who else we lost to. Maybe Franklin. Um, But going into that playoff game versus Southampton, man, we kind of knew, you know, we had a good shot, man. And and going into the second half, man, we just kind of just, hey, put the foot on the pedal, man, and just started grinding, came back, man, and pulled it out. Um, And then going up into uh, Sharando, that was another tough game, man. That was that was a grinder game right there, man. But um it was yeah. a good experience. Um the atmosphere was great, man. Just the process, man. Um was you know something that you know I'll never forget myself, you know, just having that experience. Like Yeah, it definitely don't, man. It was, you know, practicing it, the that. Memories game don't the go nowhere the first time ever. Uh, man. you know. And then just exactly. winning
0: Exactly. Some things, you know when you're out of your element. You know when you're out of, and not necessarily out of your element, but you know when you're out of your routine when you're doing things differently because of the sports. You know, traveling, playing outside the season, time frame. So, yeah, yeah, it has a special feel to it. That was
2: definitely a good game, too, man. I mean, we was a running team, man. We just pounded, man. Just pounded, running. Running with Sinky Holmes, power back, running with Smiley. You know, I'll, I'll take a few, you know, but... Like I said, the process yes. before the game is—I it, it, think—is the best part, man. And then, like I said, but also winning that—you know—was was special too. Still, the only, still the only quarterback to win a regional at York County. Yeah, I not saw what I didn't
0: That's how you do it. That's how you do it because it, it's not an easy feat. But, uh, People uh, don't game, realize it until they uh, go through it.
2: I forget the team we that's played, something. but I know Kelly Washington, who played for the Bengals, was on that team. Um, yeah. But I always say, man, if it wasn't
0: raining, we well, probably would have won that game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah on conditions, man. See, and that's another thing. Right. So being an outdoor, if it's basketball, it's still a gym. It may be different looking, but it's still a gym. But this football, man, November weather is is for the men. And so, that that thing, that thing is cold. It is rainy. The ground is hard. I don't want no part of that as a cornerback when I played. I'm not it gonna lie. A I was like, just throw the yeah, ball in the football, air and man, we just play it that way. It's, but, yeah, it's
2: definitely a man sport, man. It just yeah. we got behind, and and plus they threw the ball too. You know, coming from the uh, Bay Bayou District, not a lot of teams throw the ball. You know st- still now you know so but
1: tell me about
2: it so, yeah man
1: tell me about it i'm with joe though man that that football <laughs> run is i feel like it's, it's definitely more meaningful than say a basketball man because you you really you got it you only stepping on there like every it's literally every week so you got all the pounding all the pressure building up to that and then when you get there like he said, you know when you're out of your element, you also know when the stakes
2: are raised. Yeah, exactly. Feel all of that. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. it's it's definitely different, you know, and, that, and that's that. Any, you know, high school, youth, college. Um, I mean because it's a constant grind. Yeah, because I mean, you know, my youth team.
0: Yeah, it never grows old. Uh, I
2: think it was 2016. I think we lost one game that year, but we ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs. But I mean, football is just, I mean, it's a grind. You have to study, you have to prepare. The X's and O's mean, I mean, the X's and O's matter. So, you know, it's its every aspect of the game has to be played.
0: Yeah. You have to get better every week. It doesn't matter how you compartmentalize that you may. Have a big goal, long-term goal, short-term goal. But the whole thing is, is if you're not getting better every week, it shows. So you know, it can it can be a team that got better for nine weeks straight, and then that tenth and eleventh week they chose not to get better. But guess what? That
2: exactly. team was nine and
0: one with a first-round playoff loss. They ended up nine and two.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, but that yeah, that I mean that the process. I mean, it all falls back to you know I definitely, the youth level the mindset, man, just preparing and just knowing how to go out there and compete each and every day. Because it all, it all carries over. You know, youth level high school, you compete, work hard, yeah. youth level, you're gonna compete and work hard at yep. the high school level and so forth.
0: Absolutely.
2: Absolutely,
0: yes, sir. man. I definitely appreciate your time, bro. That's... That's that word. Yeah,
2: man, I'm I'm always in the background it's when quiet, asking, giant, you Quiet know, yeah, yeah, giant. I, like, oh, I hesitated even to answer you because I'm just like I'm always in the background, man, just working. <laughs> that's me, man. Moving. <laughs> quiet.
0: Yo, yeah, but, but look but look, he he's productive. He's productive more than some people are with one sentence, you know, because he gets the job done and, and I yeah, know he's no, quiet. Was, so that's why I was like I I I'm like, just oh, hyped. Man, you said yeah. A little
2: I, I, for I was something. like, oh. <laughs> right. think about it for a little quick. I said, let me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anytime, man. Hey, give me a star of the week, man. Give me somebody that the the VA, state of VA needs to know about. Somebody that's putting in work. Somebody that's um, you know caught your eye. Give, give me you anything two. you got, because I, I mean
2: I could give you a lot, man. But I'll give you two. I have to give you two. Oh. Yeah, so, oh. for the first one, I can work Donald with that. Gatlin, um, I coached him at the youth level, but he's now at Lafayette. He actually won a, a, cha- a basketball state championship with Surrey last year, but he's back at Lafayette. Yeah, he's back at Lafayette. Well, not last year, yeah, the previous year. He's okay. back at Lafayette now. But yeah, Donald Gatlin, Rodden Jr., he's probably 6'3", yeah, he'll probably be playing wide receiver, outside linebacker. Okay. Um, yeah, but I think he's gonna be. I mean, when the lights come I on, like that he'll show out. Um, but, but yeah, he's definitely okay. gonna be a star. Um, yep. yeah, he's at Lafayette.
0: Yep, Lafayette. He's at Lafayette right now, right? Boom, boom. You know, they're one of those schools in VA that produce five NFL players. I just had to throw that out there, too, because I had a question of the day. And I had to shout out the schools that have five NFL players. So Lafayette is oh, yeah. one of them. So well, he's definitely. at a gold mine, you know, the home of Lawrence Taylor.
2: And then my other guy is uh, mm-hmm. Caleb Spencer. I also coached him at the youth level, too. But he's at Gloucester High. Uh, and he's probably... He's probably 6'3 now, okay. two, six, two, six three now. Okay. Um Rising junior, he plays uh, free safety and running back. He actually had, I think, he made first team or second team all Peninsula District. Um. Yeah, no, not okay. not for the Peninsula District. That's know.
0: no, that's no slouch. But there. yeah, he's
2: gonna be one to watch. Um. He's definitely gonna be one to watch. He, he's been putting in work too, so both of them have been
0: putting in real work. Okay, man. Well, shout out to them, man, and I, I'm just proud because those are those are kids in our area getting it done, doing what's needed. Got that tutelage at a young age, and now they're about to bring it because they're on the platform that is needed. So, you know, I wish them nothing but success. I pray that they get that senior season in. Um, you know, everything goes right. And so those are the stars of the week. This is uh, Commonwealth Sports Talk here. Once again, yes, Todd Dennis, I appreciate, I appreciate your man. time, I appreciate brother. Doing this, I man. know it's Keep gold. Up
2: work, man. I look forward to being on that forum and wish y'all much more success.
0: And yes, Commonwealth Sports Talk, giving you those interviews, man. I'm telling you, that's what we're here for. Hear the voice of the Virginia people, man, the Virginians out here, born and raised for him. And, um, you know, that's definitely a a blessing to have somebody putting in that work for the youth. Um, We're going to go ahead and transition into active lifestyles. you know, I, I've been a little bit of everywhere with it, but that's the whole point. I want to reach out to somebody some way, somehow. So we've got moss. Sea moss okay. is the healthy, active lifestyle for today. Um, I could go through in detail. It's something that needs to be washed heavily, needs to be um, rinsed out, and, you know, eventually you'll put it in a blender and, and, and mix it with water and, and blend it. Um, it is then a gel that you can use as a, a topping or an item to put into a smoothie. Um, or there's many other ways to utilize it. However, it is a probiotic for the gut. So okay. you definitely want something like that. Um, it provides 92 of the 102 minerals in your body. I don't think you'll ever have a meal that will feel like what CMOS will do for you okay. with the 92 minerals of the 102 that your body needs. Um, and it feeds good bacteria. So, you know, this is all positive here, helping with your digestive system. And, and this is for those trying to get back in shape. You know, if it's harder for you, CMOS might help with that process while you're working out. So um, that's my active lifestyle tip. What's yours, my
1: man? What you got for that's good me? stuff right there, man. Seamawks. Yeah, I didn't even know. No. I didn't know about it to that extent. That's good stuff. Yeah. My uh, active lifestyle tip for today is going to be a few uh, listed recovery foods. So recovery foods. And by recovery foods, what I mean by that show is uh, foods that you could take in after a good workout that helps replenish muscles and gives nutrients back to the body so long. Uh, that's good yeah i got four, four easy things you know it's gonna be tuna um with tuna uh it provides a good amount of uh, b6 and b12 back to the body and also offloads a good amount of omega-3 fatty acids so that's a good one um the other three are uh, really basic bananas um peanut butter and a lot of times bananas paired with peanut butter really helps out because it gives the uh magnesium potassium back into your body combined with the protein from peanut butter and then the fourth is gonna be none other than oatmeal you know as far as you know whole grain you know really gives back you know a good amount of dietary fiber and uh carbs a perfect combination of uh, carbs and protein you know for your daily intake so there you have it for a good workout that sounds like a winner right there man
0: and so those are your healthy tips there for your active lifestyles and you know once again this is Commonwealth Sports Talk we are closing out here on
1: another episode man how does it feel bro it feels good man getting the ball rolling you know what I'm saying all down here absolutely,
0: absolutely. and uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll take a break usually at the end of the month however if we do have a forum available then we will provide one so with this uh, upcoming uh, Memorial Day weekend I think we will have a football roundtable coming so tune in Stay tuned and uh, stay en route with your Virginia sports as we bring you Commonwealth Sports Talk here with JoJo Radio
2: and LT. Let's go. Let's get it.